and we're live back in business gas present sports for the culture episode eight we back baby squad introduce yourselves top right y'all know what it is y'all follow me where is it right there right there yeah, y'all know what it is follow me man at bryce xxvii hey another episode man i think this is gonna be an explosive one i think it's gonna be a powerful one we getting into more than just sports today but I think the time's called for it. So let's do it, fellas. For sure, for sure, for sure. Bottom left. Boogie, man, back again. You know what it is with me. Wash your ass, wash your ass. Stay tuned. Follow us, man. All of us. Follow me on Twitter. Hey, y'all get through this week because um we've been trying and we're gonna try to help y'all get through it a little more. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Last but not least, bottom right. It's your boy Rome back. Glad to be on another episode. Uh, all I got to say to start this off is Black Lives Matter. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, as you know, we took the week off in honor of the blackout, but we are back. And it's only right that we coming in. Sports for the culture. We're going to address it. We're going to jump right into it. We're going to jump into the state of the culture right now because there's a lot going on right now and it's a lot to digest. Trust me, we all still trying to figure it out. So I want everybody to kind of tell me how y'all feeling. Uh, y'all be going through this, seeing a lot of different things going on. This is our opportunity to share, get on our soapbox and share how we feeling. So Bryce, I'm going to start it off with you, man. How you feeling right now? Well, yeah, man. I mean, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm take it a step, a step further than even just how I'm feeling. You know, I'm just going to comment on, you know, the state of, the state of the state of our society right now. I mean, I don't think you, you'd have to be blind and deaf to not uh, to not have a clue what's going on. I think uh, you you look you look on the news if that's what you subscribe to. You turn on your radio, whatever you wherever you get your information from, and you know you know what's going on in these major cities. We're having protests nationwide, worldwide, in fact, all for the same thing: uh, the systematic oppression. Systematic, you know, just attack on 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 black people, uh, and, and and George Floyd was the was the culmination of, at least the result that happened from George Floyd has been the culmination of anger, uh, suppression, and voices that have attempted to be silenced, but uh, they're silenced no more, and they weren't silenced then. I mean, there's always been voices standing up, uh, saying what is right. But I think at this time, you know, the collective conscious of of the entire nation, black, white, whatever your background is, it doesn't have anything to do with race. At this point, it's just a matter of right and wrong. I think everybody can attest to the fact that uh, change has to happen. And this could be the beginning of a great change. Yeah, man, I'm going to go ahead and go next, because speaking on the change, man, what's, what's been on my mind today and a lot this week is. I, I, I want to say I appreciate all all of the other races that are speaking out. As Bryce said, we all know this. Uh, you you can't not pay attention to what's going around in the country. You have to know what's going on right now. There's no way you don't. And by and large, it is an African American issue. It is a, a, a issue that affects our community, uh, the four of us. There's people that look like us that are that are getting hit the hardest in this scenario. But I want to say I appreciate all the other races, Asian, white, Hispanic, whatever you are, because this is this is a, a police brutality issue, and I do think it's going to take everyone to make real change. So I appreciate seeing all the, the other people 
you know, speak up and march and, and do all this. But I do want to say and, and make it very clear that, you know, going out and protesting and doing all this is great. It's wonderful. I'm not knocking anyone for doing it. But when this isn't in vogue or this isn't the popular thing to do or to talk about, you know, people like me, people like us, we still gonna have to deal with this. Like our, our protest started the day we were born. So this isn't going to be over, you know what I'm saying, in a couple months when you're not talking about it no more. Like we're still going to deal with this day in and day out. So my message to anybody who's listening, if you're not black, after this is over, don't put your head in the sand. We still need you. We still need your support. We appreciate the support you're giving now. Uh, but this has been going on for hundreds of years and it's not going to end just because we all stood up and got together for a couple months in, in the pandemic. We got to keep this momentum pushing. I'm going to just piggyback off what you guys said. I agree. Um, well said. And um, as far as me personally, I've been a mixed bag of emotions. I mean, uh, just angered that, you know, black men are still being treated the way we've been treated for the last 400 years. And there's been change, but there hasn't been much change, um, to be honest. Uh, Saddened that uh, guy on this shirt right here, he tried to warn people uh, four years ago. Uh, 2016, that this was a real issue. And it's not even an issue that only affects black people. I mean, it fortunately affects us, but police brutality is an issue, period. And um, I, I'm just sad to see that it took watching a guy get the life squeezed out of his body uh, for people to, to agree with. You know, just I just, I don't know, I struggle to understand that, uh, but I get it. Uh, but I am excited. I'm encouraged. Uh, I like what I see. Like you said, all races seem to have come together. Um, I'm hoping this is not, you know, just some collective performative show because people have been tired of house. Um, but either way, it's a powerful movement. It's a powerful moment. Um, it's one that I've had to talk to my kids about. Uh, it's one that I've had to talk to my coworkers about. And that conversation, these tough conversations, these real conversations, they have to happen. They have to continue to happen after this. You know, um, after the Instagram post with Black Squares after the tweets stop, after the, the corona's gone, and uh, you know, people have survived the COVID. We still have to have these tough conversations, we have to work together and you know, try just across the board, not just police brutality, education, uh, poverty, crime, drugs. I mean, there's so many issues affecting this country, affecting black people that you know, we need to just try to go on a core for once. Um, and I'm embarrassed too. I forgot that emotion. I'm embarrassed what I've seen out of a lot of these uh, celebrities, out of a lot of these, I'm not gonna say a lot of athletes, but mostly the celebrities, a lot of the rappers, singers, actors, uh, reality TV stars, if you wanna call them that. I'm kind of embarrassed at what they've been throwing out there. But um, all in all, I think we gotta burn the candle at all ends, get out there and vote. Uh, I know this is long-winded, but it needs to be said, get out there and vote. Also get out there and have those conversations, like I said, talk to your kids, raise your kids the right way. And let's try to get this thing taken care of, you know, at least not, it's probably not gonna happen in our lifetime, but you know, kids, your grandkids. Hopefully. Yeah, nah, most definitely, man. And T, I think you bring up a good point, man, especially considering that this is a sports show, right? And uh, we are in the sports industry, you know? Gas is a sports media company. This is what This is what we are, this is what we love to do. But I think even in that, even in that discipline, you have obvious ironies and parodies that are negative, right? I mean, when you start to look at the fact that, hey, the major sports, the major sports figures in America, we'd probably say the majority are black, right? The majority of fan, the majority of fanhood in America is white, right? 
But why does it seem like why does it seem like you have on one hand these same black people that are revered when they're athletes, revered when they're entertainers? That same man can be like you said till you have the life squeezed out of them. Where's where's the uh, where's the understanding that these are the exact same people? Where's the understanding that the same person that you find entertainment in is, is, is a man just like you, is a person just like you? I think this is where the disconnect between um, yeah, between these these different sects of of communities, these different these different sections of uh, of society. We just don't see eye to eye. And I think something has to change. Uh, I think policy. I think we've tried that change. Right. I think we've tried that time in and time again. I think that these recent these recent stands, they're more or less outcries telling the nation we're no, we're no longer standing for asking for policy changes. We're going to take what we can and we're going to get it by any means. And uh, hopefully this can be the start of real change, change that comes from within, change that really affects institutions. But until that, I think you're right, T. We may never see it in our in our lifetime. But uh, moving move, move, moving on just a little bit, fellas. I mean, if anybody else has any any other I comments, got, I got something I gotta say, man. Oh, yeah, jump in, jump in. A couple things, actually. I mean, I had a, I had good conversation with, with 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 a gentleman. You know, what I'm saying with, with my man David Caputo, man. We gotta have more of them conversations. And honestly, I got something else I gotta say. I'm happy that you know George Floyd's murderers are finally you know being addressed and being dealt with. But I'm not I'm not happy and I'm not satisfied with, with everything that's going on. And I'm not satisfied with that. And I don't think that that's going to be enough that everybody's just going to sit down and, and shut up now, because that's not that's not how we rolling. And that's not how that's not how we need to roll with this type of situation, because we got to keep putting the foot on their neck on this situation, because this situation, man, this it's, 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 it's been way too much of going on. And then we get why we get it. We get excited about it. We got to keep pushing, keep flying out of pressure. And that's how I feel about this situation, man. And honestly, the craziest thing about it is, you know what I'm saying, about these protesters is like there was protesters a couple weeks ago protesting, right? None of them was getting attacked. You know what I'm saying? Folks getting attacked. Old, old people getting pushed and shoved around by the police. We got a big problem, man. Don't think because a couple of them dudes got put away. And they over here, you know what I'm saying? Trump out here defending the defending the folks that they, they, they pushed the, the old man over here bleeding out. And ain't nobody even helping the police. Feel me? They ain't protecting the servant, not a damn thing, man. Nothing. So I'm sorry, though. I gotta say that. I gotta say that. And I'm I'm not happy. I'm I'm still not happy. I, I that's that's fine. And the only reason they're putting them folks away is because everybody done done spoke up. That's why yeah. we gotta keep speaking up. We can't keep letting that nonsense fly, man. There's way too much stuff that 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 that, that done got let go. Then we didn't had to take the L on that already. So nah, we gonna keep applying that pressure. We gotta keep speaking up, and we gotta keep put, putting their, putting the food foot on their necks, especially all the way up through election. Yeah, That's one thing, point. one thing to definitely remember in all of this is is all of this is only happening because it was on video. Had there not been a video, had people not recorded cell phone videos, had people not been in an uproar, nothing would have happened. And keep in mind, even after the video came out, they were not arrested. People rioted. Target had to get burned down. The police station had to get burned down before these people got arrested. That is why people like us are so upset if you're watching and you're wondering. That is, that is why. Because it's not just the murder, it's the fact that nothing was done after the fact. 
So that's why I say when this is over, you know, maybe these guys get the conviction, maybe everything, maybe we get justice for George Floyd, but we still need justice for Breonna Taylor and Ahmaud Arbery and all the other people that have passed away and all the potential people that will get attacked by the police. Because I, I hate to say it, but I do not believe this will be the last time that we have to sit and watch this video. I pray that it that it that it is. I hope to God I'm wrong about that. But if we're being realistic, history repeats itself. As T stated, this has been going on for a while, and I do not think that we're going to be out of it. So we definitely got to keep this this pressure going. Yeah, for sure. I could talk about this for days, man. I mean, I've been talking about this before. You know what I mean? Uh, last ten years, uh, if you want to be honest. Uh, but I want to make a few key points. Um, police brutality has been an issue since the inception of police. Um, if you follow me on Twitter, I dropped the link. Uh, it's an hour-long NPR podcast about the birth of police. Uh, police were instituted just to recreate slavery. Uh, prisons, same thing. You know, the South needed labor uh, to rebuild the South. Lock up the black guys. Let's put them back in the fields and let's let them work for next to nothing. So um, the whole concept of police has been uh, morally wrong since day one, at least in this country. Another thing, I, you know, speaking with a coworker, one of the questions they asked me was, how do I feel about rioting and looting? I don't give a damn about rioting. Um, riot, loot, take what you want, burn it all down. I really don't care. Um, I, I explained it to her with pretty good analogy, but it was the quickest thing I could think of on the fly. Basically, um, we've seen rioting and looting, period, throughout history from all races, especially white people. And, and, and in a sense, we're doing the actions that we saw them do. You know what I mean? But uh, also, if you don't understand destruction of property when you're angry, we've seen spouses cheat, get caught cheating. And what happened? They destroy the house. They're, they're throwing things. They're breaking things. They're burning clothes. I mean, it's, it's an act of anger. It's, it's, you don't you don't know what else to do. You, you've tried everything. You, you don't understand. So so you you act out. I mean, we've tried the peace thing. We've tried kneeling. He didn't like that. We tried rioting. Um, I don't know what white people because it's white supremacy is what it is. I don't know what they think is next. I mean, I'm not sure how many more people can die on camera and. You think rioting and looting is the next thing? Black um, people just want equality, and honestly, we should, I'm not gonna say honestly, but luckily, no one's looking for revenge. Um, and it's that serious of an issue. Yeah, no, nah, that's that's 100, man. Because if, if people were looking for revenge, it would be a total a total different reaction. I, I think that I agree with that 100. percent I mean. It, I can't express enough to any any watcher of, of any racist. If, if, if you if you if you've never gotten pulled over and thought about your life, right? When I see the when I see the cop lights behind my car, I have to think about my life. I have to think about the next move I make. I have to think about not moving too fast. I have to think about how polite I'm going to be to the person that's coming to my window. I have to think about which disposition I'm going to display to this person to let them know I'm not threatening. These are things that have to go through my head every single day, right? Like if you've never walked in a place, right, and been a, been accused of stealing when you're the furthest thing from a criminal, then you wouldn't understand, you know? If you've never had a gun pointed at your head by a police officer, you know, when you're 15, 16 years old, with, with, with your younger sibling in the vehicle with you, you wouldn't understand, right? If you, I, I, honestly, I could go on for days, but I don't think there's really any point of me doing that. But the bottom line is that you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. And for the people that, one thing I will say, and I think that 
is is very divisive right now, right? Because they're with uh, one of the things that's going on is you got black people being pit against white people. You got Democrats being put against Republicans. You got all these one-on-one battles that are forming, right? But one thing I want to tell people is that the the saddest thing is that there are good people that are yet to understand this issue, right? And it's because they're unable to really put their themselves in somebody else's shoes. So what I what I ask anybody who's yet to understand this issue is please just take a step back and try your hardest to look at it through somebody else's lens. And if you do that, you know, I've got faith that you're you're starting on the right path. So just just staying on that topic. There was a guy that I think a lot of people thought had the right mindset about these type of social justice issues. And uh, this is getting back into sports a little bit. And that's Drew Brees. If you haven't seen uh, Drew Brees' original comments on kneeling kneeling uh, during the national anthem, uh, he, he came out and said that, you know, he has he, he has no respect. He can't respect anybody that disrespects, you know, the American flag. Uh, once again, we've got people in the media, uh, big time people making this an issue about the American flag and not about the injustice that's going on. So let's jump into it, fellas. Jump ball, man. What did we think about these Drew Brees comments? Uh, is there any saving face for Drew Brees? Do you accept any sort of apology? Uh, Ron, let's start with you, bro. How did you feel about that whole incident, man? All right, so I watched the Drew Brees interview, man, and um, he he put his foot in his mouth. His his comments were a little insensitive and a little out of line. Uh, but I gotta say, I think I think is is it got taken a little bit too far. Did he what 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 he said was not necessarily wrong as much as the way that he said it. If Drew Brees wants to stand for the national anthem because of his grandfather's and he has these feelings towards the military and all that, wonderful for Drew Brees. It's a lot about what you just said, though, about putting putting yourself in other people's shoes. You got a ton of teammates that are all black and they all feel a certain way. And you know this. So maybe instead of just shooting off at the mouth, you should have thought a little bit more about that comment. Now, with that said, he did issue an apology. And a lot of people are saying, you know, the apology is just to save face or to save his brand. And, you know, two things can be true. Like, of course, the man wants to save his brand. Wouldn't you? That's one. And then two. I look at it a lot as I looked at the Nick Bosa thing when he came out, of, came out of the draft. A lot of people were saying, you know, he had racist treats. Well, he went in the locker room with Richard Sherman. So any racism that he had to deal with, that most likely got dealt with in the locker room with a guy like Richard Sherman. So you look at Drew Brees. He's in the locker room with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Malcolm Jenkins, all strong black men who don't, do not have a problem speaking their voice. So whatever misunderstanding Drew Brees had, I think that's going to get checked. Uh, I think we should all be judging him off with his actions and how the black people that are around him say that he's acting and, and, and judge him off those kind of things, rather than just his his interview and his mistake that he made in this interview. Uh, those are my two cents on Drew Brees. So, yeah, I accept his apology. I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say I feel you wrong the way he said it, man. It was just something about the way he said it. He just had that that's that vigor, that intensity to him that let me know all I needed to know about him. But I already really didn't like him in the first place. So honestly, man, and then he a little apology. And then like, man, all these other people in the media that's out here trying to like, oh, yeah, Drew Brees did this. They had Spike Lee at the team meeting. Man, fuck all that bullshit, man. Fuck <laughs> Drew Brees. Man, he on some bullshit. He said how he felt. You know, he took his opportunity, got in the moment. Just like I'm getting in the moment. I'm telling you how I feel. 
fuck Drew Brees. He coming out here with the bullshit. Malcolm Jenkins came out here like a G. And my, Malcolm Jenkins sometimes he he get criticized too, but he was right. He joined the he joined he joined the ranks of Drew Brees, and now he gonna be coming for him. He can't hit him in practice, unfortunately. So he gonna have to ride with that man for the rest of the season. That's your leader. So I I know the rest of the Saints locker room probably feeling some type of way about Drew Brees right now too. Now no disrespect to Drew Brees. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that feel like Drew Brees. At least he went out here and said what he, he said what he said. But then he got over here trying to change his opinion now. So no, I don't I don't know accept his apology. And you know, he could really miss me with all that. And I really don't care. And the next time he wants to stop football games in the middle, you know, to celebrate with his family <laughs> and all that cool stuff. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think I think Colin Kaepernick could take a knee. And like you want to stop a football game in the middle of the show so you can celebrate with your daughter and all this nonsense. But you mad at Colin Kaepernick for taking the knee. <sighs> Miss me with it, man. Next. <laughs> See, hop in. Oh. I mean, not accepting that apology. He didn't have to say it. Like, at the end of the day, I've worked with people that I know for a fact are racist. You know what I mean? And at least some of them had the common sense to just not say their thoughts. You know what I mean? Like, he didn't have to say that. He didn't have to say anything. He didn't have to respond. He didn't have to answer the question. Um, the fact that he didn't answer with any type of empathy, the fact that he had to get dragged through all the social medias, um, his brand was attacked. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not buying any of it. And maybe he is sorry, but the fact that he was forced to be sorry. He didn't, he didn't apologize as soon as it leaked. You know, he, the backlash came. Then he apologized. And on top of that, how, the league is 70% black. I, you talked about Nick Bosa, right? Nick Bosa, what, 2021? He's a young guy. Like, we, I can understand it maybe, and he knows he's wrong, but maybe he hadn't lived enough life. He hasn't had enough perspective yet, right? Drew Brees is damn near 40. Uh, he's been in these locker rooms his whole career. How have you not had these conversations? How have you not once just been able to develop some form of empathy with your teammates, the guys you're calling brother, you know, the guys you claim you're going to war with. Uh, it brought my, Malcolm Jenkins to tears. And um, if it wasn't such a, a such a serious subject, I'd laugh at it because save your tears, man. Stop around over that white man. Like, he's not your brother. Like, he's not. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. He's not your brother. Yeah. He's not your brother. I'm not sure what went on or what transpired between them to make him feel like that was his brother. But your brother doesn't uh, talk like that. And your brother is going to care about the things that you care for. You know, the fact that Jenkins could have just as easily been George Floyd. George Floyd. And yeah, so I, I really don't care for Drew Brees. Um, you know, maybe down the line he'll show me with some actions and then I'll be, you know, warm on him. But no. Yeah. And I think uh, I think you guys, you guys all kind of brought it up, but. You know, Drew Brees made this thing so personal for himself, right? He made it about his connection to the flag. Even had the nerve to bring in, bring his his grandfathers into the equation, right? His grandfather and, too. And the thing about that is, my grandfathers they fought in the war too. You know, exactly. My grandparents fought in the war, but when they got back, they couldn't get jobs. When they got back, they faced redlining. When they got back, if they were to die in that war, when they got back, their families couldn't recoup their insurance money. See, there's different, there's systematic issues that if you're only seeing it from one side of the fence, you can't understand the entire, the entire scope of the problem. And I think that is what a part of what Drew Brees was facing. 
Another part was the sheer arrogance to be able to know the, that a volatile situation is currently happening and to still to still turn the blind eye to it and put out rhetoric that you know is divisive that you know that you know gives power and life to a, to a to the other side right and takes away takes away the steam and momentum that's being gained from these peaceful protests is 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 a terrible thing to put out there you know uh, i don't know if drew Brees knew the quite the impact of, of what he of what he was doing but one thing about me is uh I feel like you have to take a man at his word when it comes to apologies, right? I think what Drew Brees said, I think it was heinous. I think it was reckless. I think you, you're clearly dealing with somebody who doesn't know how, who doesn't know how to unite people. He only knows how to divide. But at the end of the day, an apology is an apology. And once a man gives it, you have to, you have to wait. You have to wait for the for the ensuing actions. You have to wait for for for, for what's next. Uh, so I'll hold him at his word until then, but he was never invited to my cookout, and I don't know if he was ever invited to y'all's. But you gotta have it. You gotta have a name. Your name gotta be certified to come to the cookout, and I think that's a part of the problem. We inviting too many people to the cookout. A lot of people know how to fake the funk, and people get to faking the funk, and all of a sudden they slide on into the cookout, and they trying to slide into the electric slide. When that music come on, they don't know how to move to it. They don't know how to move to it when that music come on, man. So let's let's keep it pushing. I think that uh, I think that's enough on Drew, man. But uh, moving on to another topic in the NFL, sticking with this same with this same uh, in the same vein, you had the NFL players, man, get together and put together a powerful, powerful message supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, supporting the protests that are going on, and uh, one of the uh, NFL's current darlings you know their gold star patrick mahomes made an appearance in the video uh and, and and he showed his support for black lives matter and for the movement that's currently going on now shortly after that because in the video the players demanded an apology from the nfl and shortly very shortly after that an apology was handed down from roger goodell many people think that was because of the leverage that patrick mahomes holds over the nfl being you know the number one guy right now the, the the guy they're trying to market the most. What do you guys think about the message that those players put out? And uh, what do you guys think about uh, the power that Patrick Mahomes had in that? That was cool. I'm glad he I'm, I'm glad he stepped up. You know, I, I'm glad everybody. You know, I'm glad the NFL. You know, trying to take that the opportunity to do. You know, make a little statement. It, it was it was it was all right. You know, I, I, I thought about it. I thought it was um. Big, uh, not not anything monumental. Just you know, for him supporting because I feel like he did what the right thing to do. I think he's on the right side of history here. But I thought it was big because now the NFL can't get around it. Your biggest star, biggest face. Uh, how, how do you go against him? I mean, he the players have the leverage. I mean, as much as the owners want to feel like they 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 have the leverage, at the end of the day, man, people aren't buying. Uh, uh, I can't can't even think of an owner's name right now because ain't nobody I, I ain't nobody buying a Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder, yeah, nobody. <laughs> ain't nobody Snyder buying shirt, a jersey like <clears throat> Mahomes, and, and he's the guy, and it's a beautiful branding. And I think it shows up not even just the NFL. All the guys that want to endorse him, the Nike, the Adidas, or whoever, Powerade, Gatorade, anybody that wants to back him now has to back back that statement. So I thought it was a big move for him. I thought it was a big move for the, the culture. 
Man, as a huge NFL fan, I was ecstatic to see this. This reminded me of something the NBA players would do. I think it's about time that the NFL players start start taking their power and 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 using it, forcing the NFL into situations whether the NFL wants to do it or not. Uh, we saw how fast Goodell came out with that, um, and I do think that had a lot to do with Patrick Mahomes being in it. Um, but I, I think it's bigger than just Patrick Mahomes too. I think it matters having the stars, obviously. But the more players from the more different teams you get in it, especially players like DeAndre Hopkins, a guy like that who has a clean record, does a ton in the community. Like people, people love DeAndre Hopkins. You know, you can't you can't really tear down people like that. So when you get guys that that are universally loved by pretty much all the fans, and they're standing up and saying stuff like that, uh, it's really going to get the NFL's attention, and it'll it'll help make change in that league. I think it helps nah, you know, yeah. Patrick Mahomes being a quarterback, basically on your year, your NFL, he's going to be the face of the league for the next like five to ten years. Like you say, like he's that 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 they they have no no way to avoid it. You know, he's he's the, he's the guy. So yeah, he's on the cover of Madden right now. So you pop yeah. in that Madden, you see you see Patrick Mahomes. Can't not see him. He just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, nah, and and I think that uh. I think I think the NFL, man. I think they've proven time and time again to be nothing more than a than a risk management business, right? With this move, they're just managing the risk because uh, you know the last thing they can afford is to have Patrick Mahomes kneeling. That's the last thing they can afford, right? I mean, imagine that. Imagine the NFL season started, NFL never made this apology, and players still had to take it into their own hands, which I still believe we'll have even more of. But I mean, you talk about protests and national anthem. This could have got to where one, kickoffs at 1:05 p.m. and at 1:15, every player is at midfield on a knee. What are they going to do if that happens, right? And what are they going to do if Patrick Mahomes, of all people, you know, a, a biracial player? What are they going to do if he's the ringleader of that, right? And not only that, taking it a step further, let's think about where Patrick Mahomes plays. This is Kansas City. This is the this is the Midwest. This is this is red. This is Trump territory, you know, <laughs> right? I uh, think about the statement that he's making. I mean, this this is this is powerful, man. And honestly, I when I saw the video and uh when I saw my homes in it, I think that uh you know, I honestly I honestly can't I I, I was I was I was super happy, man. I was super pleased cuz like I don't know Patrick Mahomes too much from what he does on the field. And he's spectacular on the field, right? And I and I I'm going to be 100% honest, I never really took him as a type to necessarily speak out on this, right? But I saw I saw something posted that said the man's middle name is Levon. They say you knew you knew my <laughs> man couldn't be silent, man. And I, and I and I and I love to see it. I love to see it, man. So shout out to Pat Mahomes, and uh, that's how you use your leverage to make some change. That's how you use your leverage to at least start some change. So shout out, shout out to Pat Mahomes, man. I, I think I think that was major. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Pat Mahomes is my son, six year old. He, favorite player so you can only imagine he's a lot of kids favorite players so i'm a black son but a lot of little uh kids of all races now running around their favorite players saying black lives matter so whether their parents like it or not you know the kids are gonna follow suit yeah man my son's favorite player right now is patrick mahomes too man i've been trying to push this Dwayne haskins thing but it ain't working out <laughs> we ain't gonna to get some w's first that's for sure we <laughs> What's not to love about Patrick Mahomes, man? He just he just slanging the rock all crazy, you know what I'm saying? It's a new age player, new age game, man. Yeah. But talk about a lot of fun players, to watch. Man. 
Talk about something new age, man. Talk about something different, man. Y'all know, y'all know I love I love the hoops, man. I got all the hoops posters behind me. Y'all know I'm excited for this return to the NBA season. You know what I'm saying? Some different stuff going on, though. I want to see what y'all think about this. So we got basically a eight-game warm-up, more or less, for seeding as the NBA will uh, return to play. Basically, they are going to allow a couple teams that are not in playoff contention the possibility to make the playoffs. Among those teams is going to be the Portland Trailblazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, the Suns, and the Wizards, the lone team in the in the Eastern Conference. Now, the way it's going to work is amongst those eight uh, eight games, that's basically going to determine if they can get within a striking distance. And if the ninth seed is within um, four games of the eighth seed, there will be a play-in tournament for that last spot. Basically, the way that's going to work is going to be single elimination for the ninth seed, double elimination for the eighth seed, more or less. The ninth seed will have to beat the eighth seed twice in order to steal the playoff spot. Fellas, what do y'all think about this? It's a little different, intriguing. You think the NBA got it right? T, let me hear your opinion first. Yeah, I mean, I think this is something they should do moving forward. Like, to give those, to make those teams play hard to the very end. And then we get kind of like an NCAA play-in game. I mean, that's big time. I mean, it's more TV money, it's more good basketball. I think they got it right. Um, how can you go wrong? It's it's essentially more basketball. We love basketball. Yeah, I think they knocked this out of the park, man. I love uh, the thought of an NBA tournament, especially the time of year they're about to get it. They said that they're looking at a July 31st date so we could get basketball in August when football is just about to gear up. Uh, I think this is wonderful, man. I'm I was already looking forward to August. Now I'm really looking forward to August. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I, th- I think I think they got it right. I think they got it right because I think you had to you had to bring in those teams that that were on the fringe of a playoff appearance, you know. And I think they came up with a with a pretty. I think I had a better idea. I'm not gonna lie, but the, the idea That's they it. came up with was pretty good, <laughs> man. So a uh, shout out to to what they did. All I gotta say now is, man, free my boy Johnny, free John Wall, man. Hey, uh, John hey. Wall, Brad Bill, come back. I love to see it. I love to see it. Uh, yeah, honestly, uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm excited that you're excited, Bryce. The Wizards made the play, made it make, may have opportunity to make the playoffs, but I am more excited about what I see out west because basically what you got is the Blazers, Pelicans, Kings are all within four games right now of the eighth seed. And if the parameters are you have to be within four games, the eighth seed for a play in, I don't see any way that this not going to happen and it's going to end in a play in. So either way, we're going to see. Basically, we're going to see John and them boys play against – most likely it's still going to be them at the AC. They're going to be playing either against Dame, who is already going to be – you know, you already know what he does. Big-time shots, big-time games. He's he's the type of dude that can come in, win two straight. That's going to be something dope. Plus, they might get Nurkic back. I'm excited for that. Or we all know what matchup the NBA really wants. They want to see Ja go head-to-head with Zion. They want Zion in the postseason mix. That's a win. So I know NBA trying to f- figure out a way to get Zion in the tournament. Let's figure out a way to get him in there. I'm telling you, if there's a play-in game and Zion is in the game, that is going to be a great game. People are going to tune in. I'm going to tune in. I'm tuning in regardless. I don't care who's playing. Even yeah. if the Wizards are playing, I'll tune in. No, facts. Big, bigger than that, it sets up potentially Zion versus LeBron. 
Yes, that's what I would That would be great. Dang. Yes, yes. I'm all in for that. Uh, It'd probably be a sweep, but I would love to see the two match up. That would be very, very interesting. That would be very interesting. What do y'all think about this? Uh, Because basically, it's going to eliminate the um, more or less home court advantage. So, like, what do y'all think about that in terms of all these teams playing together? You think, I mean, do you think it's going to make it harder or worse? Like, you know what I'm saying? Teams that were bad on the road. Are they gonna? You know what I mean? Like I don't even know hey, what to man, make. Dallas Mavericks have pulling it off for years, man. Bring bring in the crowd noise, baby. Let's get it. Let's get it tight, man. Bring in the artificial crowd. Come on, man. Bring the the twelfth man, the sixth man. Bring in the sixth man. Let's go. Y'all know what time it is. They've been doing it for years. I love it, man. It, it reminds me a lot of pickup basketball, man. It, it's it's really going to see who who's got the skill. You know, you're gonna have to get out there and really play. Forget all the home field advantage and on the road and all that. Nah, dribble that ball, get that ball in your hands, and let's see who about it. Yeah, I'm kind of anxious to see. You know, basketball is a, a gang, a game of swings, you know what I'm saying? A game of runs. And mm-hmm. a lot of that is crowd momentum. A lot of that um, three, four, five, six point runs, ten point runs, crowd is backing the team the whole way. So I'm I'm kind of curious to see what the game looks like without a crowd. I think they should mic the players up. Um, I like to hear way more commentary from other players watching the game. Uh, yeah. You know, cut to those guys. Let those guys commentate. Give me some play-by-play, some color commentary, something. Hey, I got, I got another question, yo. So in, uh, in, in the Korean baseball leagues, has already jumped off. They essentially put put mannequins with with faces in the in the seats to give off to give off the, the feel of a of a crowded stadium. What do y'all think about the about that optic? You know, when you just when the when the camera's panning in, it gets to the to center court, and you see everybody tip off, but. There's nobody in the crowd. That's gonna look. That's gonna look kind of funny, right? I want to see it. I want to see that optic. I really I'd do. I want to see, see... The mannequins. That's weird. Yeah, I was. I, I do not want to see no mannequins and the little creepy little face pictures with a bunch of fake fake noise in the background. Nah, I want to see the. I want to see the empty crowd, and I want to see LeBron do his little dust up in the air and all that with nobody cheering. Nobody. I want to see the other team booing that shit when he does it. Like that's that's hey, are what they I want. Gonna, Are they still gonna do intros? This is going to announce a player. Yeah, right? I think they will. They should. Number 23. <laughs> no. They got to do it for TV. No, crickets. Crickets. Uh, it's going to yeah, be I interesting. Don't, don't, don't I Everybody's doing layups on fast breaks. There's no point in doing a dunk. Not getting the crowd hype. Let's play it in. Nah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> to me, I don't nah, know. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Y'all sleeping on it because I, I don't know. There's some of the – I've seen some – some of the best basketball with no, you know, no crowds, just in the gym, just like sneakers, just making, you know, the squeak, 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 like, you know what I'm saying? Go have that feel. You know what I'm saying? Go have that feel, uh, man. You know what I'm saying? That it's just, I think it's going to be a different beast. It might not be as exciting with the fans, but I think we're going to get a really raw game right out there. I think it's going to be fun. You I know? think we might even see more trash talking because, like, there is no fans to, to motivate you anymore. I think you might see players trying to self-motivate. Players really in each other's faces, and um, hey, so so my question is: with no fans in there, what are the what is the likelihood of a brawl happening? If there's no fans, and we do have more trash talk, because it does seem a little more personal, you know, without the fans there, and it's just the players. Like to me, that seems like it, the intensity for a fight could could ratchet up. I don't see a fight happening. I mean, I'd like to see a good playoff fight myself personally. You know what I'm saying? Make one or two punches, a little hockey I fight do too. <laughs> I enjoy those series. The, I like scrappy series. I think that's really – well, I don't know. I don't know how people are going to be coming. I think people are just going to be thankful to be playing basketball again. They might not even have no – you know. I don't know, though. I, mean, I might be wrong. 
I think the players are going to come out intense, man. I think I think they're going to come out fiery. Some of them might be loafing, but those players are going to get exposed. If you haven't been in the gym trying to trying to work out and keep up, you about to get exposed out here to by those that have been. Shit, they like the rest of us. They probably a little on edge. Yeah, like I know one thing that we definitely going to get as a result of this. We're going to get some of the best refereeing we've ever had in basketball because these refs be so swayed by the crowds, man. A little bit of crowd noise, a little bit of cheering. Get the ref all flustered, man. So hopefully, you know, we'll see uh, some of the best refereeing we've ever had in the NBA. They're probably going to be missing more stuff too, though, because they probably be hatching stuff because of the crowd. Nah, right. man. I'm telling you, these refs, <laughs> bro, if you ever watch, like, a series where it's like, especially when Golden State and, you know, those big squads get it, they in the playoffs, man, the crowd just influences every call. Like, the refs will change the call just because they heard the crowd say, no, no, and they're changing the call. Like, it's crazy, man. But I think I think that could be a result. I think we will have some small things, especially like we were talking about uh, watching the UFC when they first came back with their first uh, with their first production. I think that uh, we got we got to see a little more intimate side of the sport. Maybe we can get a little a little more of the coaches talk. We're gonna really hear what the guys on the side are saying to their teammates. I hope they I hope they keep those 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 mics live, and I hope they don't try to censor it at all. Nah, we're gonna get that uncut that raw uncut. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, moving on, man. There's a, there's a, there's another sporting league that's in the midst of trying to figure out if they'll be able to bounce back from this COVID-19 and that's the MLB and their season as you can see below is indeed in danger uh the the the, the MLB PA the union along with the owners have been going coming back and forth and they can't decide on a deal the latest deal the owners want to have a 76 game season with a 16 game playoff now everybody knows uh, very few teams make the playoffs in the MLB as compared to other major sports and everybody also knows that the MLB season is a grind, 162 games. That means the cream always rises to the top in, in, in Major League Baseball. So uh, with the season in danger, do you guys think that uh, changing these drastic changes, proposed changes to a season like that's so historic, you know, like, like Major League Baseball, do you think it tarnishes that legacy? Do you think it tarnishes the history? Uh, what, what do you guys think about that? Man, it hasn't really been spoken about too much, but I think of all major sports uh, hit affected by COVID-19, which has been all of them, I think it's affected baseball the most. Uh, it happened right before their season could start. It's happening right in the middle of their season. I mean, we're already halfway through what would have been their season, basically. So now, I mean, anything that you that you get started is, is going gonna, is gonna to have an asterisk because it's like it wasn't a real season. At least with the NBA, they at least got to start a little bit. At least with the NFL, they haven't even started or really talked too much about starting. But with Major League Baseball, man, there is no real real fix. Uh, I'm a huge baseball fan. I hope that they just figure something out and give us something, any anything. Uh, I would take it at this point. But, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of billionaires complaining with a bunch of millionaires, and the only real people losing are the fans. Yeah, I think that uh, with 76 games, I think you said, uh, I think they're going to reject that. Uh, the players will. Uh, I think we're going to see closer to maybe 90 games, uh, prorated salary. Um, but you just never know. There's a lot of money involved. Like you said, the season would have been started. There's a lot of opinions, a lot of back and forth. Uh, they, I don't think they're close to a deal yet. I know they're negotiating, but I'm thinking a 90-game season. That's, that's where I'm at with it. 
Yeah, I don't know. I agree with Rome, man. Based on the timing of everything, they got hit the hardest. It was like literally right before their season started. Now they kind of stuck. Still can't. They got really got a hard time getting people on the same side, you know. And by the time they finally get people on the same side, it's more or less going to be their windows going to be closed. Like no disrespect to baseball, but like I will probably watch it because nothing else is on. But like, don't put it up against like the NBA or the NFL because it's definitely not getting my attention. I mean, to be honest, I think it's progressive for them. I think baseball has been long overdue for a change. I know they tell tradition, 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 but all traditions need some sort of updating. I've always felt the baseball season was too long. I mean, the games aren't even worth watching. Oh, and maybe I'm just saying that because I'm a base. I'm not a baseball fan at heart. But at the end of the day, 160 games. I mean, you can drop 20, 30. Just as a fan, you can not literally not watch them. I got to jump in here, man. I can't. I can't let the baseball slander continue, man. <laughs> but one, one reason being is like, and I get, I get the complaint that it's too many games. But look, come on now. When is a sports fan complaining about too many games? I'm a sports fan. This is it's too many games for me. Like, nah, man, I need as many games as possible. The best thing about baseball to me is that, like, during the summer, during the early spring, every day when I get home from work, I cut mm -hmm. on the TV. It's a game on. I get to watch baseball every day. It's, not, it's nothing like it. It's like every day if I'm bored, I know it's going to be a baseball game waiting on me. I know I'm going to I'm gonna get to see Scherzer. I'm going to get to see my guys. You know, I, 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 I honestly – I'd be looking so forward to baseball season because of that. Now, will I say, is it up there with the NFL and NBA for me? Maybe not, maybe not. But at the same time, what I will say is baseball has a cult-like following, right? I think that uh, NBA and NFL have a much more mainstream following. But MLB's following is diehard. And you know what they do? They show up. They show up to the game. So it's 12 o'clock games. There's still somebody in those seats. And I think that uh, – Baseball, what they're at risk of is losing the younger generation they're trying to bring along. I mean, because to be completely honest, if it's not 162 games with a traditional season, I almost want to just scrap the whole thing because you got guys that are chasing historic records, man. Records that have been around for almost 120 years. Like, what is a guy like Max Scherzer supposed to do when he's chasing 100-year-old records? You know what I'm saying? Like, now his season's cut short. A part of it, man, I just want to say, hey, Scrap the season. What is a seventy-two game baseball season? That's like that's like a four. That's like a four-game NFL season. <laughs> Nobody would be. Yeah, would that's, be on what, that's where I was leading it to, man. Like Major League Baseball really is in danger. Uh, I think if they do any games, uh, and T, you might be right. I just saw something that said they're looking at an eighty-nine game season. But I think if they do anything, man, it's, it's just going to be looked at as a wasted season. Um, and Scruff, man, you had an excellent point too. By the time they figure this all out, like we just mentioned, the NBA is going to be popping in August. Football is going to be popping in August, September. You really want to try to try to push baseball, like like and like you said, Bryce. They want to get these younger fans. My son rather watch Patrick Mahomes, like we just said. He he don't care about Max Scherzer if Patrick Mahomes is on. So and and then you want to throw LeBron and the NBA into that mix. Ain't nobody going to watch baseball except for those diehards who will all be sorely disappointed in the fact that the that the season is cut into two-thirds so they might as well just cut their losses and just scrap the whole season um i don't know how that would work either that that seems like a loss of money for somebody somewhere so they probably won't do that but i feel like anything they do at this point is is just a money grab yeah it's probably a money grab but i mean understandable i mean the good thing about the nba is 
like they can avoid Sundays. Like you could, you could still get, you could still. All right, so so they run into the NFL season, but if just don't play the games on Sundays, and you're gonna give, you're gonna give viewers. You know what I mean, MLB playing every single day. I don't know. I I'd yeah. like to see him come back though. I would, I would. I just don't know how long it's gonna take, and I don't know what what it's gonna look like when they do. Yeah, COVID yeah. COVID killed MLB for 2020. Yeah, I think we can all agree. It's all up in the air right now, and uh, it's not looking too good for them. Um, but like she said, getting home and knowing that baseball is on, that, that's one of your things. Uh, there must be two baseball because when I get home and baseball is on, I'm looking for something else to watch. Which <laughs> 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 moves me to something um, that you know, sticks with me a little more. What are you guys watching right now? You know, because there, there really isn't a lot of sports going on. So what are you guys keeping up with? I'm a jump question. Right Only thing I'm watching that's really good to, lately is Insecure. So I got to shout out Issa Rae, shout out HBO, shout out uh, shout out my man Lawrence. I here got the old thing back. I ain't mad at him. Could be a sucker move in some people's opinion, but <laughs> um, good, good, good quality uh, television right now. Uh, Insecure. I got nothing else besides that though. Hold on, I'm gonna keep it on Insecure real quick. Think about the whole <laughs> Molly and uh, Issa. How you feel about that? Bro, Molly is the worst friend on the planet, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I, just, you know, I don't know. Like, she's like, and then even old boy, when, when old boy, when old Asian boy leave her too, you feel me? She's going to be running back to Issa and, and she's going to realize she's a shitty friend. So that's just my two cents on, on Molly. I'm team Issa all day, though. And I think this only, situation of uh, two friends kind of growing and uh, growing apart. We we're watching Issa, you know gradually get stronger, you know, as a person, you know, make waves in her career. And you don't think maybe the rift has more to do with just two people going in different directions than Molly being a bad friend. I think it's her being a bad friend. And also I think some people don't like, some people like, like you where you are. And I think sometimes when you got friends and then you used to, used to being like the superior friend, you feel me? And then like, you want to, she trying to keep her down. You feel me? Like Issa trying to level up. So sometimes people don't, people like you, but they don't like they don't like you doing better than them. So like it's that dynamic that relationship. It's like yo, like, how you gonna still you know? Because that whole situation, you know, what I'm saying you gonna blow up in front of you know, what I'm saying on, on, on her big day. Like yo, if you're if you're a real friend, you don't do shit like that. If you're a real friend and you're trying to get something together. You're gonna try to help the person. You're not gonna try to make it hard for the person. Like that's. I think that uh, you know, I, I watch that show too, man. I got to chime in right here, and I and I do. <laughs> uh, I don't think Molly being the best friend, but I think the beauty of Insecure is that it, it shows so many situations that we've all been on both sides of. Like, if anybody is telling me they haven't been Molly in a friendship, they're lying. Like, there's no like, and I think that's the great thing about that show is that it shows as it shows sides that we've been on both sides, and the only reason people can feel so strongly against Molly. It's because we've all been in her shoes before. Maybe not to the, that extent or to that degree, but we've all been in that shoes where you felt like your friend was doing you wrong and you weren't able to really get it out because of the situation they were going through. You weren't really able to speak up. So I do think she is, isn't being the best friend, but uh, I think that show does a great job of you know making you relate to uh, the situation the characters are going through. No, that's yeah, and, and they do it in 30 minutes. That's kind of the genius of it. Because I'll sit there and say, nothing happened this episode. And next thing you know, I'm having five different conversations about five different scenes. So, you know, yeah. I don't want to just hold wow. it on insecure. It's a good show, but what else you guys want? 
Shit, man, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I haven't been watching too much. The wife been back at work, so I've been watching TV with the kids. My son, he's six years old. He's on this Dragon Ball Z marathon right now, bro. <laughs> he's he's going through all the seasons. I think we he just got to uh, where they're about to fight Majin Buu and all that. So yeah, man, I've been I've been watching a lot of a lot of Dragon Ball Z recently, man. Like he he's really into that. He won't let me turn it off. Classic anime. That's a good starting point for most most people. Start with Dragon Ball Z. So. Yeah, that's definitely my my intro for him to anime. I'm a, I'm gonna try to get him into some other things. Y'all got any suggestions? Uh, One Punch I don't Man. Watch, I don't watch too much of anime, but I actually have been watching one called uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. Man, it's on Netflix. Pretty good show. A couple of the homies uh pulled me on to it. I've been keeping up with it. But uh one thing I another thing I've been watching recently, I've been checking out these 30 for 30 docs. I don't know if you guys peeped the Lance Armstrong one, but uh man, Lance Armstrong, an interesting dude, man. He he conders, he conders with the Live Strong bands. In fact, he may be the reason that you know you got these good ass sports fans <laughs> right now. Matter of fact, if you know, these good, old, good ass sports bands. Just go ahead and DM us. We'll, we'll mail it to you free of charge, man. Just send a DM. We got you. We'll send you two, matter of fact. But, uh, yeah, the fact that, uh, you know, Lance Armstrong was able to just pull at the heartstrings of America while uh, being, a, being a steroid abuser on the flip side and uh, lying to the people. It's a crazy story. I, I suggest everybody check it out. They got, they got some time. Yeah, I mean, nah, that was pretty interesting, Lance Armstrong story. Honestly, I didn't know he was as con. I mean, I didn't, I I didn't know he was like. He's a pretty, uh, yeah. He's 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 quite he's quite a character. You know, you expect somebody riding a bike to be like like that. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's he's got an edge to him, man. <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know, man. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know, man. That dude is turned out. But I ain't even mad at him though, you know. That's, it, it, it's, it's some, it's some, it's some. It making me it, Lance Armstrong made me wonder. He made me wonder because he really did, you know. Little things you do, you know. We 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 uh. Sometimes I have been the victim of uh, get it, you know, get it done by any means mentality. You know what I mean. We we all we all want to win, you know. Look at look at the Patriots and Tom Brady and them boys, you know. Everybody call Tom Brady the goat. Everybody talk about him deflating balls and stuff, you know. No, no, not no, I know that's that's connected to Lance Armstrong. No pun intended. I'm just saying, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, nobody nobody even talking crazy about about Tom man, but but Lance, you know what I'm saying? Get it done by any means, you know what I'm saying? So. Unfortunately, he 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 joins the ranks with Mark McGuire and Roger Clemens and all that. Yeah, that 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 deflated balls joke was strong. <laughs> that was a strong one, yo. That was strong. Well, then any, any 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 other shows, any documentary movies you guys know watching? Uh, can't think of anything on top of my head to be honest. Man, y'all know I'm always throwing it back to the old school stuff, man. So you know. I actually just recently watched the original Men in Black classic. Yeah, that's all right. We're talking about I classic. Hated I hated the new one. The Titans, dog. I almost feel. I was feeling reminiscent. Feel like we need. We need something like that right now. Feel me? Yeah. A little, 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 little racial, little racial tension turned into a good story. Feel me? 
Where did Gary Bertier's at, man? Good <laughs> <laughs> underdogs. Where did Gary Bertier's at, man? We need the Gary Bertier's to step up, man. We need man. a lot of them. We need a couple more of them, man. <laughs> Personally, yeah, I haven't too much of anything. I've been glued to the shit show that is the presidency. Um, but we got some good animes. Any Shonen Jump. Uh, Naruto is a good, good one for kids. One Piece, good one for kids. Um, a lot of good stuff on Netflix. Seven Daily Sins, a lot of good stuff. 30 for 30, Robin. I know I talked about that Robin. My, my homie Kelly, MVK, she told me uh, Robin 30 for 30 was good. So y'all check that out too. Um, and also, check out Good Ass Sports on Spotify. Check us out on Twitter. Download the app. Uh, before I take us out, Anything anybody else wants to say because it's been a long week. It's been a long two weeks. We took that last week off, you know, to kind of gather our thoughts and you know let the world play out. So any any any, any thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I got one more. I got one more thing I want to throw out here. Unfortunately, I am not watching it. So I'm also putting this out here. I'm shouting out, but I'm also shouting out. I need an HBO Max password because I need to watch this right now. It's not what I'm watching, but it's what I want to watch. I'm gonna shout out another Rutgers grad. Uh, homegirl at Pack Rat. If y'all know her, she crazy on the vine with the dancing videos and all that. She on this show right now. It's called Legendary Max. I just realized you got HBO. Somebody got the HBO Max password. We'll hook a brother up. Check her out. She out here dancing, killing it. Megan Thee Stallion on that joint too. So if you want to watch this for Megan. I get blame, won't blame y'all. But y'all telling you, telling you, girl, this girl, I'm just saying, shout out, Pat, shout out, shout out, records. You feel me? I got that one. Had to do it right. Can't forget you, girl. Hey, we get a little, little feedback. I think they investigating the thing, like our comments on Drew Brees. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say Black Lives out, Matter one too many times. Hey, Black Lives Matter. Let me y'all say sports for the culture, fellas. Sports for the culture. Yes, sir.